0: you're listening to Beyond the Chart, where we go off the record with Baton Rouge General's medical elite. I'm your host, Brogan Taj. Let's get charting. Welcome back to Beyond the Chart. I'm your host, Brogan, and I'm here today with Dr. Everett Bonner. Dr. Bonner is a breast surgical oncology specialist. So he's the perfect person to help us kick off Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Bonner. How are you today?
1: I'm doing great this afternoon. How are you doing? Good. You want to just jump right in? Sure. Um, My name is Everett Bonner, in case people don't know me out there on podcast land. Um, I'm a general surgeon by trade, but I did a breast oncology fellowship at Sloan Kettering in New York City. Um, It concentrated just on breast cancer and breast disease. Uh, Got started in medicine. Actually, I was an army medic.
0: Oh, tell me, tell me a little more about that.
1: Uh, that was uh, that was fun, actually. You know, I was nineteen. I got in uh, right after my freshman year at LSU, mm-hmm. and uh, took the the test that you have to take for the military. And it says you can do these jobs, and and medic look cool. And the unit I was in was in a helicopter unit, so it was kind of fun being with a helicopter unit, being a medic. You know, you know exciting. You're young. You want to do all yeah. the, the fun, cool stuff, and so I did that. And just really had a a, really a good knack for it. You know, I ended up actually going after I got out of medical school, got back into the military as a uh, surgeon uh, Mm. and, you know, did a tour in Iraq. So I did the full gambit of the military in the medical field from medic all the way to a surgeon.
0: Yeah. So that's what like launched you into being a a physician, right? Uh, It it
1: really did. It was just start off in the army. So it did some good for me.
0: So how did you get into like breast surgery?
1: So it's very interesting. So I was, um, uh, thinking about when I was a general surgeon, um, if I wanted to specialize in something, I went through the, all the different fields that you can specialize from, from general surgery. And one day we had a grand rounds and it was the program director from MD Anderson, mm-hmm. uh, Dr. Henry Cure, who runs the department now. And he gave us this lecture on breast cancer and just talked, you know, all these things he was saying, I was like, I really, I was kind of control to it. You know, I was just like, I really want to do this. And so right at the end of his his talk, he said, if anybody's interested, I know it's hard to do in your residency to get away, but if anybody wants to come spend some time with me, I I would love to have a resident and introduce you to breast cancer and see if you're interested in doing a fellowship down the road. Mm -hmm. So I was very fortunate at my program, cardiothoracic surgery uh, was not very big. In fact, you only had to have minimal numbers Mm -hmm. and you have two months of it. So I kind of talked to my program director and said, you know what, I like Dr. Cure's talk. And he was actually, my program director was his uh, boss as a resident. Yeah. So they had a relationship there. And he said, why don't you go ahead and do a month there? So I did a month at MD Anderson during yeah. my uh, my residency and ended up writing two papers with Dr. Cure. Uh, just really just said, this is what I want to do. And, and kind of the rest is where I am now. So that's, awesome. what, that's what kind of launched me in, into breast cancer. Awesome. And really, there's a great story that really solidified why I wanna take care of breast cancer patients. There was a, an older French woman who I was, when I was training in Savannah, Georgia, had breast cancer, and it was her recurrence. And she refused care for the second time. And I really just said, why are you doing this? You know, we have a chance. He goes, you know, I survived it once, I'm older. Um, I survived the Holocaust um in france and she goes and goes this is my time she goes I- i've done my time and just the strength and the foresight that she had and i used to sit at her bedside um every day for mm-hmm. about a week while she was kind of going through um some of her transition in life from being healthy to being unhealthy and it was just a it was an inpatient hospice that we had at our facility and so i just spoke with her and she's had these words of wisdom and right before she died, um, one of her family members gave me uh, a bottle of wine. Mm-hmm. I was right from the nineteen seventies. It was her family vineyard, uh, and she also gave me this plum wine. And I said, I promised her, I said, if I ever got into a breast fellowship, I'm going to open up this bottle and celebrate. And I mm-hmm. got a fellowship, and when I when we first got in New York City, the first night, we opened up bottle yeah. in honor of her. That she gave me the inspiration and the drive to to pursue that avenue. Uh, of of surgery. Wow, that's an amazing story. That's a great story.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of people, most people in some part of their life has been touched by breast cancer, know somebody, Mm -hmm. like, do you have any personal experiences?
1: Unfortunately, I do. Uh, My wife was diagnosed with breast cancer in 2018. Um, And so that was hard. She was uh, diagnosed with stage three breast cancer, Uh, did uh, 20 weeks of chemotherapy in the front end, I had her surgery and then did uh, nine months of chemotherapy after. And we always, there's an old term that says, you know, the cobbler's children have no shoes. Well, yeah. well the breast cancer's, surgeon's wife gets breast cancer. Yeah. And so it's kind of a, it was kind of like, wow. And so it was kind of a shock to all of us, but she's doing well now. So. That's
0: awesome. That's great. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. So what like, what are the most common ways women find out they have breast cancer? Uh,
1: the most common ways for women, fortunately now with, with all the awareness of, of, mm-hmm. of mammograms and screening, is during their screening process. Okay. Um, and that's early detection, which is great. So most women have a normal mammogram the year prior, and they go in for their screening, and there's some abnormality that shows up on their mammogram. Um, sometimes there's something that we can actually biopsy from the mammogram or needs further investigation, whether that's an ultrasound or an MRI, mm-hmm. and then end up with a biopsy. So, most women are diagnosed through their screening, however, you know, there are some young patients who are not in that age of screening, which is, you know, starting at 40. Mm-hmm. I ha- unfortunately, I have a few patients uh, that are in their 20s, and theirs was right. found by a, a self-breast exam. And so, mm-hmm. that's the other way. That's why I still truly believe in self-breast exams, even starting at the age 20, uh, just because of those older 20-year-olds and 30-year-olds. You know people forget that the the leading cause of death of women right now between the ages of 35 and 50 is actually breast cancer and just think of that number right now they're only recommending mammograms at age 50. a lot of us who do breast cancer say 40. Mm -hmm. i i use 40 as my benchmark but you'll see 50 in some studies and in some reading so we're missing that whole block that's the highest risk of death is is right there 35 to 50 is breast cancer so Little serverance, so that's why I'm a big proponent of screening, knowing your family history, knowing your risk yeah. factors.
0: So is it true though that like family history isn't always a determinant? Like a lot of people So it's it's one
1: it's one of the best mis- misconceptions of breast cancer. Oh, I don't have a family history of breast yeah. cancer, so I'm not at risk. No, absolutely you are at risk. Uh, family history or what we call familial or even genetics is a very small portion of breast cancer. In fact, eighty percent of breast cancers have no family history. And so that's why it's a big number. It is a big number. So that's why you need to know your other risk factors. And that's why it's important for screening um, and and to pursue that and take the recommendations of your physicians.
0: So what does it mean to have dense breast tissue?
1: So dense breast tissue, uh, most women, especially premenopausal women will have dense breast tissue. Mm -hmm. And, And there's variant degrees of that. You get, you know, moderately dense or, or severe density, or even just you know uh, light densities. And basically, it's just the, the concentration of your breast tissue. Hormones has a lot to do with that. Um, so that's why premenopausal women have more dense breasts. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it doesn't not necessarily increase your risk of breast cancer, but what it does, it can hinder normal screening with mammograms. And so sometimes when the breast is very dense, uh, it may be very hard to see certain masses or certain mm-hmm. things in the breast. And then if the the breasts are too dense, some radiologists will recommend ultrasounds or even MRIs. And then women actually nowadays, uh, new recommendations from the American Society of Radiology is that if women uh, have very dense breasts and have a high risk of breast cancer because of family history, it is recommended to screen those patients and incorporate MRIs in their screening.
0: Mm, Okay, that's good to know. Um, So is access to care for women like a big issue in breast cancer?
1: It is. Uh, it, it, I should say it used to be. Okay. Uh, I think now with all the different programs that we have, I mean, you see that every October the NFL is in yeah. pink, Everybody's in pink. Yeah. So there's a lot of awareness. We make a of it here, everybody obviously. does yeah. with you know, especially with the, the pumpkin patch yeah. and everything that's coming up and, and uh, the access of care, I think especially in the breast cancer is getting much better. Mm-hmm. Uh, we now have mobile machines. Everybody's offering mammograms, or are programs. There are there is funding for mammograms, so the actual the the access is there. It's mm-hmm. just getting patients to it, and it's the awareness. Yes, uh, I think that has a lot to do with it right now. And I think it's that's
0: just, gotten better over the years. Like it's because because we're talking about it so much. Exactly, women go like go in groups to have mammograms now, and I think exactly. that's
1: great. Exactly, and, and and it's it's more an, an open form. I mean, women who have breast cancer. Are walking with you know, with, with their mm-hmm. heads with no hair, and yeah. they're walking around with their pink ribbons, and, and it's out there. You know, it's, it's not one of those taboo things where you whisper at the dinner table, cancer. Yeah, you know, and so everybody, it's, it, there's a big awareness. So I think that's helping. Uh, I think programs like the Veterans General has with the high risk breast clinic, yes, is, is is given a place for patients to go. So if they have an issue with breast cancer or think they're high risk there's a place for them. Yeah. And tell me more
0: about the high risk. So
1: we started this in uh, August of this year.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's a concentrated high risk breast clinic. And it's for women who are high risk of breast cancer. And that's whether if it's a family history or other risk factors, um, or just anyone who's nervous or just wants to know about the, their risk, mm-hmm. uh, can come to this clinic. It, it's over on North Boulevard at the Mid-City Campus of the Baton Rouge General. Mm-hmm. And we see patients on Wednesdays from 1 to 4. And it, it just it's a Great concentrated place to where they can see someone myself, yeah. Uh, who concentrates, you know, their career in breast cancer and gets that expertise, and so that they they can have just as good of care and observation as as any person out there in the community. Uh, and it, it's it's a one stop shop. They come there and they can have their whole comprehensive care through the Baton General.
0: That's awesome. So you, that was a great story you told us earlier. But what's been like the most rewarding experience you've had? In, in your field
1: the most rewarding experience is is just seeing patients when you you, you get someone they've just heard the worst words they can mm-hmm. hear ever in their lives is that you have cancer and so the, the whole world changes everything just goes to the hell in a handbasket yeah. or lack of better terms <laughs> yeah. and they think everything is just falling apart and it's just seeing and just taking those patients at their worst moment and be able to you know dissect their the whole treatment plan with them and say, we're going to do this, this, and this. And then at the end of the treatment plan, when everything works out great, it's just to see that, you know, at the end of that journey that they, they're, yeah. they're, they're cured or they are they don't have the cancer anymore. And it's just that joy of like, oh my God, I just was at the worst place in my, in my life. And then now I, I see there's light at the, at the end.
0: Yeah, and,
1: and I think that's the most beneficial, just making a difference in that. That's awesome. You know, we, we always use that term, oh, saving lives. You know, it's, it's not really saving lives. It's just changing lives. Yeah. And and, and, I, like and that. I think that the, the, the treatment and where you have that treatment, I think that makes a big difference in who you take that journey with.
0: Awesome. Okay. Well, um, I always do some rapid fire questions. All so right. you ready?
1: I'm ready. We'll see.
0: <laughs> They're not bad. I promise. All right. All right. So do you prefer salty or sweet foods?
1: Ooh, salty.
0: Does alcohol increase your chance of breast cancer?
1: Actually, it does. Yes.
0: You want to elaborate a little? I know he said I, rapid I, fire. I you know, can, I, if you can elaborate a little more on that, it,
1: it does. It's been it's been shown that women who drink more than uh, three to four drinks in a week have an increased risk. A lot of has to do with the sugar and alcohol and the sugar and conversions to fats, the fats to estrogens, which can you know drive some cancer. So yeah, so alcohol does have a part in that.
0: Uh, Does having breast implants increase the chance at all?
1: No, it does not increase the chance of breast cancer.
0: All right. Um, I know you said you did your um, fellowship at Sloan Kettering in New York. Do you prefer living in the north or the south?
1: Well, I will say both. Um, My wife and I's plan when we retire is to be snowbirds. Okay. We're going to spend the the, the summers up north and the winters down south. Okay. Uh, I, I grew up in New Orleans. Yeah. And so I, I kind of like that bigger city and you know, train in New York city. I loved it. It might be a little too busy when mm-hmm. get older, but I do like, why don't, we, why don't we call it middle of the road? Why don't we settle like on the North Carolina or okay. where, where I I anything like where I can get all four seasons.
0: Yeah. Back, all right. I can see that. Are you currently reading any books?
1: Am I reading books? Yes. I. I <laughs> my, my wife laughs. So um, she buys books for me and I, And I read them at Mm -hmm. night, but I get through like two or three chapters and I end up falling asleep. So at my bedside right now is Beach Music.
0: Okay. Would you recommend it so far?
1: Yes. Well, you know, and I love all the things that he's written too, which is really good. It's The Prince of Tides and um, some other books that he's written. So it's.
0: All right. Well, I think that's it. Do you have anything else you want our audience to know?
1: the main thing i want to drive home is make sure you know your family history but also know yourself know your risk Mm -hmm. factors and follow your physician's recommendations and get screening i always believe that age 40 you should start your screening if you have any other factors risk factors whether it's some radiation exposure at a younger age family history there's various other factors that you you can look at screen um, earlier uh, but if you have any questions, you can come to the High Risk Breast Clinic or get with the Baton Rouge General and they can direct in the right direction yeah. just to talk to someone to, to know your risk.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here.
1: I appreciate it. All thank right. you.
0: Thanks for going beyond the chart. Follow Baton Rouge General on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for behind the scenes, upcoming episodes, and more. Feel free to subscribe and leave a review.